This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. All right, well, be finding Philippians chapter 3. Steps to a new start. I want to ask you, do you ever feel the need to just simply start over again in your spiritual life? Now, that doesn't mean that you've lost your salvation because you can't lose your salvation. But you can be out of fellowship with God. You see, a relationship with God means that we're in Christ and Christ is in us and we're sealed in that position forever and ever. But we can be out of fellowship with God. And when the Bible speaks of fellowship, it's talking about communion. That sense of um, day by day, walking with God, talking with God, and listening to God. And sometimes we can grow cold in the spiritual life, and we kind of get stuck in a rut, and we don't know how to get out of it. And that's what really this message is all about. Steps to a new start. Now, I've already read the passage, so I just want to begin with the first point here. And the first point is this. A new start requires forgetting what lies behind. What did Paul say in verse 13, Philippians 3? He says, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Every single day, every moment of every day, as we're living life moving one direction, we can never really recapture the time that's going on behind us. And so we have to come to a point and we say, praise God, all these wonderful things that God has accomplished in and through me as his child. But there are also other things that slowed down, impeded his progress in my life. And so what you have to do is instead of camping out with yesterday's mistakes or laying down with yesterday's successes, you have to say, I only have right now and I only have what's ahead. I can't go back this direction. And so, my friend, I want to encourage you, God has forgiven you. If you're a child of God, God has forgiven you for all eternity. Psalm chapter 103, verses 8 through 14. Listen to this passage. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His loving kindness toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children... So the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him, for He knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. My friend, listen, no matter what's gone on back in the past, my friend, if you're a child of God because of the cross, you are eternally forgiven. Amen? Now, I know for some people who do not understand the message of the grace, it almost bothers them to hear that. They think that's teaching a license to sin. Well, explain it to me any other way. Because when Jesus Christ died on the cross, my friend, He died for sins, what? One time, for how long? Forever. It's all, once and for all. 1 John 1, 9, speaking to Christians, listen to what he says here. In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all 
unrighteousness. So God forgives us because Jesus died for all sin. It's not how hard we read the Bible. It's not how hard and long we pray. It is the blood of Jesus Christ, His death, that paid the price for all of our sins, even the sins that we will commit in the future, though our desire is not to ever sin again. But how is that working out for you and me? Our desire is never to sin, but all of us continue to sin. You see, God sees us from an eternal position of being in Christ Jesus. And so when God sees you, He sees the totality of your whole life, and He sees you covered under the blood of Christ. You are declared righteous, no longer guilty. Amen? And that should not make us feel as though we can do whatever we want and get away with it. It should make us desire to live a holy life and to walk with Him and to look into God's Word and say, what am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? So God has forgiven us, and we must forgive others. Amen? We must forgive others. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Before I read it, think about what I just read about God. He's compassionate and He's gracious. Now I'm going to read what Paul says for all of us, how we should be. Listen to this. Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, this is convicting. Look at this. He says, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you forgive. Now, how has He forgiven you? Completely? For how long? So are we going to forgive other people in our life the way God is forgiven? We have to. We have to forgive completely and see it under the blood. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 through 32. Look at what Paul says to the church at Ephesus. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other. And here he goes again. Just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. So we don't really have a choice in the matter. Thank God he's forgiven me, and I must forgive other people. So be careful uh, in this whole matter of not forgiving other people. Someone has said this, forget the little things that are behind. Forget injuries, slight, unkind words. Be too big to be hurt. Be too great to be unkind. Be too busy to quarrel. Too wise to engage in unseemly gossip. Too strong to permit little annoyances to turn you from life's big road. Too clean to stain your character with any kind of impurity. Now, there are sometimes this is real easy. Sometimes this is extremely hard. Isn't that not right? I had a, a text exchange with a couple of friends of mine uh, this past week about the whole issue of understanding the message of who we are in Christ, understanding the message of eternal forgiveness, knowing that fully, that all sins that have ever been committed for all of time are covered under the blood of Christ. Knowing that, but when you've been hurt by other people, you still have your human emotions. Now, you can forgive, 
in light of an eternal forgiveness, and I actually dealt with this on the series, Eternal Forgiveness, but I only had a sub-point to this portion, and I'm going to develop it more in a series I'm going to do on the emotions uh, in a couple of months. But we also have the emotions, though we know this true, that can be hurt, and you know what? It takes time sometimes for those emotions to be healed. But I can tell you how they're healed succinctly by the Word of God, and by the Holy Spirit of God. That's how it happens. But it does take time. So we must forgive others. But not only that, we must forgive ourselves. Forgetting what's behind, moving forward to what's ahead, God has forgiven us. We are to forgive other people, and we must forgive ourselves. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, and also verse 12. Listen to what the writer says here. By this will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And then down to verse 12. But he, speaking of Jesus, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, he sat down at the right hand of God. And what did Jesus say on the cross? He said, it is finished. So you can look to your left. You can look to your right. You can look straight ahead of you, you can look behind you and everybody around you, and this is what the Bible teaches. Because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, all that you've done, forgiven. The people around you who are born again, forgiven. And we're not to hold an unforgiving spirit on one another, especially when we're to forgive the same way we've been forgiven Once for all, for all eternity, we have to be the same way that we see uh, that God is. Now, beware of self-punishment. Sometimes people, because they've been taught wrongly, a lot of it has to do with the way you grew up, where you grew up, and the church you attended at a very young age. Sometimes people make things hard on themselves, somehow thinking God's going to be more pleased with me the harder I make it on myself. So beware of self-punishment. Martin Luther who we know was the leader of the uh, Reformation, there was a time in his life when he didn't understand what it meant for the just, those who are justified, declared righteous. He did not understand that doctrine fully, and so he lived his life trying to get God to be pleased with him and to accept him. He compared himself with other people around him trying to outdo them in all things and always wondering what other people think about him and what God must be thinking about me. And he would go to this extreme. He would uh, take his bed and he would put thorns in his linens. He even put some rocks up underneath uh, his mattress. He had a twin bed and he would sleep on that bed, making himself uncomfortable. He was also known to be seen praying out in the snow until his knees and his toes were just frozen, frostbitten. He was also known to take a little whip that had little fragments of bone, and he would just whip himself on the back. He was trying, in and of himself and in his flesh, he was trying somehow to pay for his own sin and the guiltiness that he felt in his life. This was before he understood the just shall live by faith, and the great Reformation started Uh, from that. Remember, it is Christ's work for you, and it's not your work for Christ. Don't get into a performance trap. Don't punish yourself and other things 
for what Jesus Christ has already done for you on the cross by His shed blood. Ephesians 2.8 says, And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So, as you look forward to 2017, forget those things which are behind. I am declared righteous in the sight of God. I'm completely forgiven. I must live my life immediately forgiving others. The damaged emotions take time to heal. The Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God will heal those damaged emotions, and we must forgive ourselves on the same basis that we're to forgive others, on the same basis that we've already been forgiven because of the blood of Christ. Now, here's another thing. Past successes must not distract from the present. Past successes must not distract from the present. Oswald Chambers says, never lay down with yesterday's successes, and also never lay down with yesterday's failures. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away, compared to an eternity that never ends. Our life is just like a mist that you see in the morning and then the sun just burns it off, and then it's not there anymore. That's how brief our life is compared to eternity. My friend, listen, we don't really have much time to do what God's called us to do because we're expiring day by day. And so what we need to be thinking is, God, why did you put me here? Father, protect me from being so enamored by the things of this world that I lose absolute sight of what I'm here for to begin with because my life is but a vapor. You ever known someone, I've seen this because I grew up in a small town in the Mississippi Delta, and I can remember some guys and some gals that uh, they were very popular in high school, junior high. Maybe she was the beauty queen, uh, the cheerleader. Uh, maybe he was the captain of the football team. And so in a sense, they had their glory day back when they were in junior high and high school. And so they go back to these hometowns, and in their minds, she still sees herself as the cheerleader. He sees himself as the captain of the football team, though they're getting older and older and older. They can't move forward because they're still stuck in the past. We have to be careful not to lay down with yesterday's successes. we got to move on in life. The things that have been great, don't stay there. Where you failed, don't stay there. Say, I'm moving straight forward. I'm going to make the best of what I have left. Sometimes parents, because they felt like somehow or another they failed in their growing up years, or somehow they feel like I didn't achieve what I could have, they don't realize this, but they begin to live through their sons and daughters. Amen? I see heads going up and down everywhere trying to live through son, trying to live through daughter. And this is the danger. They are an individual, fearfully and wonderfully made by God. God has gifted them uniquely. They have a unique personality. God doesn't make duplicates. He only makes originals. And it's really not fair, and it holds them captive, and they'll find themselves trying to fulfill the dream you always had for yourself. And it's like they're in Saul's armor and bound up, by what you projected onto them. Don't do that. Walk in the Spirit, stay in the Word, and let your child be who God's intended them to be. Amen? It may not be anything like what you always thought 
uh, that you would do. There was a time when Kelly and I were dating. She went through my clothes because, you know, I grew up in Mississippi. I didn't really know how to dress that nice or anything like that. And, and so she was going through all my clothes, and she had this big box over here, and she was taking things out, and she was throwing them in and taking them out and throwing in. And what she was letting me know was I was dated, but I didn't know it. I mean, I was dated, and I didn't know it. And one particular thing that I always loved was a windbreaker, a very nice windbreaker. I can still picture my mom with me when I bought it. And my brother, Randall, got one. He's 13 months older than me, though I look older than him, and he's got four kids. But he got a windbreaker, too. And so Kelly looked at it. She said, you got to be kidding me. She said, do you wear this? And I said, yeah, and you know, I liked it. She said, look at the monogram. The monogram letters are this tall. People don't wear that anymore. But guess what? It came back around. <laughs> so now we've wasted money by throwing my old windbreaker around. If you'll just wait it out, you'll come back in style. <laughs> anyway, sometimes if we're not careful, we'll get just stuck back here in the past and won't live in the present and move toward the future. So... A new start requires forgetting what lies behind. Now, I'm not talking about not learning from history. You ever do that and you're sunk. But the second thing is this. A new start requires reaching forward to what lies ahead. There will be circumstances. You've already had circumstances in the past. You're going to continue to have circumstances in the future. And praise God when they are positive circumstances. You know what? You ever go through those times where everything just seems to be really flowing well for you? It's like, wow, this is good. I remember when I was a seminary student, and, uh, and I remember when uh, Bellevue was beginning to talk with me about coming on staff over there. And it just seemed like I had several years there. I found the love of my life. My wife, Kelly, Bellevue, was asking me to come on staff. I mean, just like one thing after another was just going so well. And I thought, wow, this is good. I should have done this a long time ago. And I struggled leaving my position as an engineer for the railroad. And I wondered if I was making a huge mistake. And then everything started, seemed like it was just going very well. Positive circumstances. But guess what goes along with these positive circumstances? Sometimes the circumstances get negative. And I think I remember feeling this for the first time is when I was doing a mobile home park ministry at Willow State Mobile Home Park, and Kelly and I were out in the neighborhoods putting flyers into these mailboxes for an event we were going to have at the recreation center there, and it was hot. And I remember looking up, and I asked Kelly, I said, do you think it's always going to be like this in ministry? <laughs> it just didn't seem so exciting. It's just part of life. Seasons that are very positive, sometimes seasons that can be negative, but we must always remember God stays eternally in control through all the seasons. Amen? Some of you may be riding high, wide, and handsome right now. And man, I pray that it's that way till you die. But some of you may be going through a tough time right now. You don't have some questions that you have. You don't have them answered. Don't give up. Stay in the Word. Abide in Him. And trust God for the answers. Because I can't say that I can answer what's going to happen next. Only God knows what's in the future. Listen to what F.B. Meyer said. He said that tomorrows of your life have to pass God before they can get to you. The tomorrows of your life have to pass God 
before they can get to you. Nothing can get to the sheep unless it comes through the shepherd. Keep going. Trust him. Trust him with your children when you don't understand what's happening with them. Trust him with your wife or your husband when you don't know what's going on with them. Trust him. Stay in the word. Walk in the spirit. Don't give up. Think about Joseph. If there was ever a man who probably, our boy, early on, that wondered what on earth has happened. Remember, everything was wonderful for Joseph. The coat of many colors. I mean, he dreamed dreams. They would come true. It was like God was speaking to him. Everything was wonderful. And then his brothers got jealous. And what they ended up throwing him into a pit. A caravan came by. He ends up finding himself in Egypt. Listen to just brief passage here from Genesis chapter 50. Verses 9 through 21, you know the story of Joseph. He was thrown in prison. He was lied about by Potiphar's wife, said that he had tried to rape her and all these things, and people believed it. And then he finds himself in the dungeon. Praise God, he was encouraging people in the dungeon. And it was like one thing after another. And then finally, God just lifted him. And we know that eventually, God saved that country from starving to death and actually birthed and multiplied of the children of Israel. But in Genesis 50, verses 19 through 21, after it was all said and done, look at what Joseph said to his brothers. But Joseph said to them, the ones who did him wrong, he said, do not be afraid, for I am in God's place. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. This is what Joseph said. And his brothers really did him wrong. But this is what Joseph said. Look, for I am in God's place. Now, when you're in God's place, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to always be positive. Amen? Can you notice that it doesn't mean you're not in God's place? But maybe you're in a place that's negative. Or maybe you're in a time right now that's very, very positive. Hallelujah. God does give us breathing room sometimes. But just know this. Walk with God. Stay in His Word. Listen to His Spirit. And be careful how you see things and how you react to things. Do more like Joseph. Maybe read back through the life of Joseph and be like Joseph. Respond the right way. And then, there will be circumstances, and there needs to be accountability. What did he say in verse 14? He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so, listen to what Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who loved his appearing. And so a new start requires reaching forward to what lies ahead. Sometimes it's going to be wonderfully positive. Sometimes it's going to be negative. Keep pressing on. Third and last thing is this. A new start requires pressing on towards the goal. Again, verse 12, Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that 
for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. You say, well, what's God's goal for me anyway? It's not complicated. God's purpose for all of His children worldwide that are truly children of God, this is His goal for you, and this is His goal for me, is to conform us to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. You say, what does that mean? It means that you are a lump of clay, but you've been born again. And just like the potter, he dips his hand in water, and then on the potter's wheel, he shapes the lump of clay to what he wants it to be. Listen, God is shaping you, conforming you to the image of Jesus to be what God wants you to be, to ultimately conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. Positive situations, negative situations, God's using all of that to make you what He wants you to be. What are you to do? Be yielded and still and trust Him as He develops you more and more. Now, you say, how does He do this? Well, He does it in that conforming process that I just described. But also, look at verse 10. Paul says, in the power of His resurrection. He says in verse 10, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, that I may know Him. What does that mean? It means to gain practical, day-by-day acquaintance with Him in such an intimate way that we become Christ-like. Your desire should be for the life of Christ to be produced in you. Now, how does God do this? He molds you, of course. But what's my part in all this? He says the power of His resurrection. That is... The same power has been placed in the believer. It is the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ in you. It's what God uses to conform you to the image of Jesus. You have to yield to Him, let Him live through you, and He shapes you to be who God would have you to be. And then verse 10 also, He says, "...in the fellowship of His sufferings." And the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. And I think... Personally, the fellowship of his sufferings, I think that is a deep, deep topic, subject that I want to know more about. Something's very special with that. Never get caught in the subtle trap of trying hard to suffer for Christ in your own strength. That is pride, a kind of posturing before other Christians trying to appear real for Christ. We don't have to do anything to validate our position in Christ. My friend, listen, we're sealed in Christ forever, and it cannot be altered forever. We don't have to validate that. We need just to live from and through His resources. So just simply be who you already are in Christ Jesus. And so it takes divine strength. Forgetting those things which are behind, moving forward to what lies ahead, it takes divine strength to do this. And listen to what Paul says in Philippians 4.13, He says, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Amen? Nobody can do this for you. Your wife can't do it for you. Your husband can't do it for you. Your mom and dad can't do it for you. Your brothers and sisters in Christ cannot do it for you. The Bible says every knee, not knees, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Only you can walk intimately with God. It is wonderful to have people to encourage you in that. But listen to this. Too many saints of old in Scripture and in wonderful Christian biographies 
men, women, young and old, walked intimately with God, grew deeper in their fellowship with God, without much encouragement in the process from those around them, many which were in prison. Watchman Nee wrote one of his most famous books in a prison on little pieces of paper. Many Christians were martyred for their faith, burned at the stake. No matter what your family situation is, no matter your friendships, where you work, what it's like, the environment you're in, you can walk inwardly with God, grow in Him, even if you're not getting a lot of encouragement in the process, keep walking with Him, relying on Him, staying in His Word. God's going to do something very special with you. Simply let go and let God have all there is for you. Don't look about to see what anybody else would do. Do the right thing and move straight forward with Him. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.